body, spirit. The martial arts are a way of life. Attack Life, Not Others is an insight into that life with Tim Hoover and Steve Mittman. We have a friend of mine, Gary Shankweiler, who is a gun person. He has studied guns. He is a instructor for the NRA. And the reason I asked him to come on the show is because of the interest in self-protection and the proper mindset to have when you own a gun and should everybody have a gun. And also, too, interestingly enough, like why is there so much fear right now in this country on this particular topic as far as self-protection? And what do we need to do if we are interested in owning a gun? What do we need to do to buy one? And then when we bring it home, what should we do then? And so on and so on and so on. So it's a very interesting topic, a lot to cover. So we're ready to go. Gary, it's good to see you here today. Good morning, Tim. How are you doing today? I'm very good. And it's a good day to be alive, isn't it? It's a great day to be alive. Now, here's the question. What do we need to do or what right do we have to make sure that we are alive in this crazy, chaotic world we live in today? Do we think that we can safely navigate through all this without carrying a handgun? Well, you know, first of all, I've been training in martial arts for a long time. And and I think in this world that we live in today that we need to take it a step further, especially if you're talking about protection of yourself and your family. I believe we have the Second Amendment that gives us the right to bear arms. I'm not saying everybody has to bear an arm, but we have that right to do so in this country at this time. And I think that's the question, too, is should everybody, I mean, there's all this conversation about teachers carrying guns, about people that would never put that piece of steel in their hands. Should they, Gary? I mean, is that is, that, is a gun for everyone? A gun isn't for everyone, but what I'd like to say, a gun should be and could be for everyone trained properly and willing to defend himself. Yeah. See, most of the time on the show, we talk about how we can become better beings. You know, we talk about nutrition. We talk about mindfulness. We talk about exercise. But this particular day is is going to be spent on the proper mindset of more having outward awareness to protecting oneself if somebody tries to take all that away. So here you are. You can spend your life, you know, building a, a stronger body a focused mind, but in a split second, some individual who, you know, might be for his own interest or somebody else's interest can just take that away by a quick trigger, a bullet that'll take you down in a second. So the idea here is, and I think we're all alarmed about it. I think everybody in this country is concerned, especially with all the terrorist activity and all this other stuff that's going on within the communities that we should all go and rush to the gun store and pick up a gun. And I don't think half the people realize when they purchase a gun, what they're buying. Half the people do not. And that's one of my passions, to try to make and help people understand what they are getting into. If you go out and you really want to, you feel the need to bear an arm or to defend yourself with a firearm, please, please get the proper training. Understand what you're getting into. Understand what the weapon's about. Understand the difference between the different calibers, between a revolver, between a semi-automatic. Do your research. Talk to people. I personally believe you should take a basic pistol course to understand those fundamental things that people like me grew up with. Yeah. See, you know, it's funny. I talk to my uh, my kids about having uh, one phone line in the house, one, as we call it, telephone, and no voicemail. And if nobody answered the phone, uh, nobody was home. Um, and today, you know, kids can't even relate to that with cell phones and and everything else going on. And, and I think that's also the amount of hunters that we have today, 
the amount of instruction that the family gives to their son or their daughter as far how to shoot a weapon, I think that's disappearing too. I don't think we have the same 100 years ago or 50 years ago, the same class of people are carrying weapons as they did maybe to, um, to shoot, to hunt. Um, you, you mentioned to me earlier that you were brought up with guns. You were, you were, I mean, you were raised as, as a hunter. Your father was a hunter. You had guns in the house since the, the day you opened up your eyes. Yeah, we had, uh, when I grew up, first of all, my, my parents were all World War II and my uncles. So they grew up hunting depression. They hunted to eat. Okay, right. that, was, that was a big part of their life. So a gun in their house wasn't at that time meant for self-defense. It was to get some food for the family. Right. Uh, so we had guns in our house, in the corners, on the desks and stuff like that. And we as kids grew up that you respected that weapon. Mm-hmm. It's called firearms today. The, the magical word is not a weapon. The NRA doesn't want you to say that. It's a firearm, okay? Because when you grew up in that household, you had so much respect because you knew the capabilities and you knew what happened when you fired that weapon. And that's why I'm dead set against people going out to get a gun and putting it in their hands and not understanding the impact, the total impact of having that weapon in their hand. But let me ask you a question. All those years ago, let's say 50 years ago, was there that much fear? Was it something that was driving the people in the neighborhood to say, hey, I'm going to go out and get a gun, man. This is a crazy world we live in. No, we grew up in the John Wayne areas. If you had a problem, you punched somebody or you, or you walked away. You didn't have that fear. So a lot of people, because of fear, this is driving people to go to the gun store. So they go to the gun store. Now, they get in the gun store and they walk in. What should they look for? First of all, I wouldn't go to the gun store immediately. I would do some research online. What's the purpose to have a, a weapon right now? Do you want to have it for strictly self-defense? Okay. Then research What's out there for self-defense? There's the dispute between a revolver and a semi-automatic. Know the differences of them. That's where I recommend. What is the difference? The difference is whether you're double acting or single acting. And that's uh, a revolver is the most simplistic type of firearm there is. You pull the trigger back, you press the trigger, or you double acting, meaning you press the trigger and continue to shoot. There's no springs. There's no mechanisms. It's a hammer and a release of a trigger. When you get a semi-automatic, it's more technically evolved, but it has more moving parts. Okay. So there could be a malfunction or a misfunction or a misfire or something like that, which you reduce that in terms of a revolver. So what you should do is research whether you want to carry a semi-automatic or a revolver. And then you should say most people are going with semi-automatics because many times you squeeze the trigger, it will fire, okay? A revolver, you think of John Wayne and then pulling that hammer back and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So they're thinking quicker response with a semi-automatic. And that's why most people are going to semi-automatics these days. Okay, so they buy a semi-automatic and then the next thing they have to look at caliber, correct? Well, we're still not buying, okay? Okay. <laughs> we're still not buying. I want you to just continue to look. And I want you to take advantage of some of the places around here that you can shoot indoors and you can rent one because that's going to teach you the difference in the different calibers. There's a dispute between a 9mm, a 40, a 45, a 357. What should I carry? What will do the job? They're all going to defend you, in my mind, if you know how to use them properly. If you're trained in the use of that firearm, they're all going to do the job. Now it comes down to, I did a little research, maybe I did a little bit of firing, down at the local gun ranges where they allow you to rent some, you tested it. This one feels good in my hand. Now I'm going to the gun shop. All right, all right. So let's take it one step further. I do some research. 
Mm-hmm. I want a semi-automatic, and I want a, a decent-sized caliber. So I go with a, a 40 cal semi-automatic, and I choose it, and I go to a place where I can get some instruction. I get some instruction from the structure. I get to shoot. I start hitting the zone as you talk. Now I take the gun home. Now what do I do? I mean, am I ready to go? No, no, no. You're not ready to go yet. You you just made the decision on the caliber you want. Like I said, 9 millimeter, 40, 45. They're all going to serve their purpose, okay? Now you're going to get the one that feels the best in your hand. That's comfortable. That becomes an extension of your hand. Now there's a lot of training. How does this thing function? Is it double acting? Is it single acting? Where are the safeties on this? How's the sights? Do they have night sights? A lot of these, uh, the modern uh, semi-automatics come with night sights okay. that you can actually see in the dark. You see the three dots, okay? Do you want a laser on it? So you make all these decisions. You bring it home, and now you start training. Now the training starts. you got to become as familiar with this firearm as you do your right hand. But we just, we just had a friend that you and I both know went out in a, I'm not going to say panic, but he is very concerned. I won't mention his name, but he's very concerned about his welfare goes out buys a gun he buys a nine millimeter uh sig right right he goes he brings it home and guess what happened his wife said not in this house you're not bringing this gun in this house not with the kids in the house so guess who took it for a while i did and he talked to his wife his wife slowly broke down he says listen if i follow the rules can i please bring this gun in the house so now he's beginning to follow the rules about bringing the gun in the house what do you suggest to the average guy or girl that is scared to death. Now they know they got to go do some study. They got to fit the right gun that fits their hand, revolver or semi. Then they got to get the right cop. Now they begin to bring it home. Now, what do you do? You load it? Do you not load it? What well, do you, what do you do? My personal belief is I bring every weapon into my house, every firearm into my house unloaded. Okay. Then I have a proper place to store it, whether it be a safe. It depends. Are there children around your house? Is your wife familiar with it? I don't want anybody to get hurt with this. I don't want anybody to unintentionally get hurt with a firearm. Who can get hurt? Anybody that's on the wrong side of the barrel. Okay. And who would that be? That could be, if that barrel, it could be anybody. I mean, more people have been hurt cleaning a loaded weapon where they thought it was unloaded. They say more people are shot with unloaded weapons than anything. And right. that's that's part of understanding and knowing your weapon. Now that you've taken the basics, you got to know that weapon. You got to know how it functions. You got to know when it functions. You got to know uh, how to squeeze the trigger. You got to know the sights. You have to know the magazine. You have to know how to rack it. Okay. And I'll tell you where I'm at the level in my house. And this is this is debatable. And this is a personal decision. I keep weapons in my house with shells and ammunition in the magazines inside the pistol but i do not keep one in the chamber what's a magazine the magazine is where you put the bullets in and you stick it up in the bottom of your mm-hmm. of your pistol and that's what feeds the shells automatically as the semi-automatic shoots so you say you put the uh, ammo in the magazine you put the magazine in the gun but you do not put one in the barrel i do not rack it put one in the barrel because i don't want one in the chamber okay okay because i feel i'm confident enough if someone would break into my house I'm familiar enough with that. All I have to do is rack it. They're going to hear it, but I'm going to rack it, and it's going to come back, and that's going to be the last thing they hear. All right, but see, no, no, I understand. And, you know, and the thing the thing about it is, Gary, is there's no room. This is a show about attack life, mind, body, and spirit. It's not about the political right or the political wrong. It's not about what the president thinks. It's, it's about the proper mindset. I mean, this is where guns come into this show, the proper mindset 
the method that you need to follow if you are going to purchase a gun, which comes under the ability to protect oneself in the United States. Every state's different. I had Judge Bob Steinberg on the show a little while ago, and he spoke about the castle law. You're right to defend yourself in your home. I think what I want the average person listening to the show to walk away with, I want them to become a little bit more knowledgeable if they do go out and purchase a gun. What do they do? And I think a lot of people go out and they don't go through the processing in the mind necessary. Okay, this is a gun. It requires bullets. Where do I keep the bullets? And then where do I keep the gun in my house? And then when somebody does enter and break in or if I'm carrying on the street in a concealed way, when do I have the right to use that? The minute I draw that gun and I point that gun at somebody's head or chest, I better pull the trigger or I better not draw that gun out of the uh, holster. Right, Gary? Well, that, that's the rule. If you pull it, you better be defending yourself and you better pull the trigger. If you're at the point where you have to defend your life, you're defending your life. So what you might have to do is take another person's life. And once you pull that, it's not a game. It's not something that I'm going to scare someone with. Because if they're at the point where they're ready to take your life, you're not going to scare them. You're going to have to defend your life. And defending your life means squeezing that trigger. Right. See, I think a lot of times more at home. Sometimes I don't carry with me every day. I used to. But my gun is next to my bedside. And I have a magazine that's full in the gun. And I do not have one in the chamber. But I have it positioned as I pull the drawer out. I have a position as I roll over with my right hand that my fingers go right into the grip and then I can have that gun up in a horizontal position. I can have that gun aimed at its target. And the reason I say that is because I went through that a thousand times. And if I am carrying, I've done a lot of dry firing where I pulled that out of the holster, bang, 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 pull it out. And how many seconds does it take? And if I do this thing, if I do shoot somebody else, I better have a good reason that I did that. Well, and, and that's what I was talking about specifically. Everybody who makes the decision to have a firearm in their house, they should go through the steps that you did. It took a lot of practice. It took a lot of time to go to figure out where you should have that, how you're going to get access to it, where your hand's going to be when you pull it off. And hopefully it's never right on the trigger. It's not on the trigger until you intend to squeeze the trigger. And then put it right back. So you should be doing that drill all the time. And then you should also be doing dry firing, which you can do with modern pistols nowadays. Years ago, you could not dry fire the old revolvers because it would ruin the hammers. Nowadays, these pistols are made where you can dry fire. So pick it up, aim it, and then well, what dry does that fire. Mean? I, I, I didn't explain it right. What does that mean to dry fire? To dry fire means you squeeze the trigger without any ammunition in the weapon whatsoever. So that means you can rack it, you can pull it back, you can sight a line, and then you could squeeze the trigger. Mm, yeah. And all of that gets involved with muscle memory. The more you do that, the better off you're going to be able to do and react when the situation comes. You just don't buy a pistol, put it in your closet, put it in your drawer aside and stuff like that, and expect to understand and be able to use it when the time comes. Right. You need to practice. You need to drill. You need to dry fire, and then you need to get out on the range, and you need to know how this thing shoots. Yeah, yeah, and every gun shoots different. Every gun shoots different. You know, I think about the right to drive, and I think about what we go through to get our driver's license as kids, and then we're on a probationary period, and eventually we get our own license, and then eventually we have to choose a car, and when we go to choose the car, we drive the car first. We go for a couple hours, come back, drive it back and forth, and then we're driving that car every day. Because we're on the road with other people. And that seems to me sometimes as being one of the most dangerous places to be. But here people are going out with no training, buying a gun, 
and something that's just as lethal as a as an automobile and actually walking around and sometimes you look around thinking how many guns are around me especially in a public place where if something happened or form a panic or let's say somebody thought there was a terrorist in the area and they started pulling their gun and started firing how lethal could that be i don't know about you gary but i don't think this fear is going to be going away fast i think the trend is here for a while i think back to the whole topic of self-awareness you got to you got to think about every day can be great or it could be lethal. How we get in our car, how we drive to work, and it's just such a confusing time. And everybody is just so overwhelmed. I think it's just constant confusion. So here we are putting a gun on our hip and adding to the uh, element of, I think, disaster that everybody should have a firearm. I don't believe that. I think certain people can and should and certain people shouldn't. I don't think it's something that if you're fearful that you should go out and do it when you're in that state of mind. I think you should do it when you're in a calmer state of mind. Gary, you have a point on that? Yeah, my point is I'm not advocating that everyone goes out and gets a gun, but I'm advocating for the ones that take on the right to have a gun to also take on the responsibility of ownership of the gun. And that responsibility comes in everything we talked about, train, understand, learn, gain that right, gain that confidence, understand your weapon, and then there's going to come down a crucial decision. Are you ever going to be able to pull that trigger? And that's a personal decision that I will not discuss, okay? Well, yeah, and I, you know, I come from two professions here. I'm a private investigator as well as a martial artist, and I'm not saying that makes me a better person to carry a gun. I just had to carry, being a private investigator, I carried under the uh, law of Act 235 in the state of Pennsylvania for years, and I still carry for self-protection. But I take it with a responsibility, a huge responsibility. And again, if we want to just kind of reiterate as we exit out of the show here, I know what I went through to learn how to fire a gun. I was not brought up in a family of guns. I did not have hunters in my family. I didn't touch a pistol until I was in my 20s. But I took it on when I realized that I wanted to carry. I took it on and I found an instructor and he made me dry fire for two or three weeks. He just had me stand there and dry fire that gun. Then I went through a state class, Act 235, and eventually I felt confident to carry. But that doesn't mean that I don't shoot once a month. I stay active in shooting because when you pull that trigger, something's going to come out at the end of that barrel and it's lethal. It's a huge, huge, huge responsibility. So just, again, Gary, the top three or four things that we said so that somebody can walk away from the show and say, yeah, you know, I, I got it. I get it. You're purchasing a weapon. Clarify the three or four things that we talked about. Well, first of all, research. Understand what you're purchasing. Read everything you can on what weapons and firearms can do. And then once you get to that point, test fire. Go down to the one of the local firing ranges that allow you the rent. Get a comfortable feel. They have instructors. They have what they call range officers, okay. which will teach you the basics on using that particular firearm. They'll walk you through how to load it, how to squeeze the trigger, how to sight alignment, and they'll take care of you in that respect. And then once you get to that point and you decide to take the right of purchasing that firearm, comes the responsibility side. Safety, safety, safety. Go home, train with it, dry fire with it, understand it, know it, and then Get yourself out into the range so you actually shoot it live, so you know how it hits. So those are the things that I would take away. Not everybody needs or wants or should have a firearm in their hand. But if you do, if you make that decision to do so, do it right. 
research, train, safety in mind, test fire, and shoot someone else's pistol or shoot one at the local indoor ranges. And they get comfortable with that gun. And then when you bring it home, whether you put bullets in the magazine or not, we don't recommend that you keep one in the chamber. And they keep that gun locked up or somewhere where it's out of reach of children and anybody else that might get their hands on it. They have safes nowadays, biometric safes. So you just wear a wristband or mine at home, read my fingerprints. So if I read my fingerprints, that's the way no one else can open that safe. My fingerprints goes on it. The lid pops up. I can pull the pistol out. And I recommend that because people were not raised the way I was, where where you had that mentorship. And it was a strict mentorship. If I would have touched any of mine when growing up, believe me, uh, I might not be here to talk about it. But anyway, uh, I shoot every week. You shoot every week, plus you're uh, NRA certified instructor. And don't forget in the state of Pennsylvania that you can purchase a firearm and put it in your house But if you plan on concealed carrying, if you plan on carrying it with you in a concealed way, you must get a permit to carry from your local county courthouse. And that requires a fee, the background check, a couple references, and a holding period of anywhere from two to three weeks. And then they will call you and tell you if you qualify or not. Obviously, you can't have a criminal record or have any kind of mental issues. And then you're told you can carry, you go down and get a picture ID. Act to Carry, I think, is good for five years, I think. Five years. In the state of Pennsylvania. 18 years and up, you can get a right to carry permit. And I think when people, especially kids, young kids, when they get that that permit in their hand and they stick it in their wallet, I think it makes them feel like they've got some kind of authority to carry and gives them some kind of power and obviously an ego booster. But just be careful. Just really be careful with that kind of authority, guys. Hopefully you guys learned something, and uh, if you are going to buy a gun, it's a responsibility, guys. Thank you for listening to Attack Life, Not Others. Subscribe to our podcast. And for more on our way of life through the martial arts, go to hooverkarate.com. This has been a Steve Mittman social media creation. 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 Steve Mittman, socialmedia.com.